each other. Listen, I, I don't like this. I've got girlfriends in here. I can't do it. But uh, I've got a couple prayer requests that uh, we really need to lift up. One of them is, of course, Harold Walker. He's in the hospital. And we need to keep him lifted up. Uh, he's got some major problems, yes. for cancer. Uh, it's at uh, lymphoma. And they say it's aggressive, but it is the curable kind. It's the treatable kind. That's what Linda had. And uh, within about three or four months, it was gone. And that's what I'm believing for her. Matter of fact, I told Linda, I said, as soon as we can get to that hospital and I get my oil, I said, we'll get rid, get rid of this junk. Amen. And I believe that. Because, you know, I can't go into the hospitals. I can't pray for the people. And I know God hears our prayers. But I don't know if any of the doctors or anybody else in there ever prays for the people. And that's sad. Because these people that know God, I know God's with Harold. But I know that Harold knows God. And God has not forsaken Harold. And I know that Harold's going to come out of this just fine. But it's just going to take a little bit. But you know, I think Harold's going to come out of this with more faith than he's ever had before. And that's going to help us because we're going to see God working in somebody that we know. And that even helps us. Yeah. And so let's keep Harold Walker in prayer for his, uh, his cancer and get him out of there. And he's supposed to start a live chemo what, Monday or Tuesday. They're going to get him started on a light chemo and kind of build him up to it because he's been so weak with the surgery he had to have. And, uh, and that fight was looking really good. Right, right. So y'all keep Harold Walker in your prayers. <coughs> and uh, got a friend that Betty and Walter both know named Jim Harris. They came here for a little bit. But anyway, Jim is back in the hospital, and, they, and Mary said that he's got this uh, corona. And uh, they think that maybe Mary has it and their son, because they was taking care of him at home. And so we're going to have to just keep them in prayer. Uh, I don't know. I guess Mary and Daryl are still at home, aren't they? Or are they baby? Or do you know? Jim and Mary Harris living out here, uh, well, almost just right down the road from Walter here. Out here about, about all, almost a boy. And uh, I've known them for years. And so y'all just keep uh, 
Jim and Mary Harris in prayer that God will touch them. Uh, I know that, uh, I don't know if y'all noticed or not what the title of my message is today. When God is silent. You ever experienced that? Will you feel like God is silent? That God's not speaking to you? I think we all have been there in that problem, you know. It's just like, kind of like my wife does me sometimes. She gives me that silent treatment. <laughs> That's not bad sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, God sometimes, he, he becomes silent. And maybe we're even going through something and uh, despite all your prayers, maybe it's a physical healing we need. You know, and maybe God hadn't responded. Or maybe you're desperately seeking Him for something that you really need a direction in your life. A major decision that you need to make. But you haven't heard from God. You know, it's, it's at times like this when we start questioning God. It's when we start questioning God. And, you know, it's, it's like, uh, God, won't you listen to don't you care? God, why won't you help me? I think we've probably all been there. I think every one of us has experienced situations in our life where we feel like maybe we're not hearing from God like we think we should. You know? And just to kind of use an example, I'm going to use Mary and Martha and Lazarus here for just a second. You know? Mary and Martha knew the heartache of disappointment. Their brother was dying. They sent word to Jesus. Please come. Lazarus is very, very sick. Well, Jesus got the message. They was expecting Jesus to come instantly. But you know, when Jesus got the message, he waited two extra days before he started out. And uh, just to uh, show you, now Mary and Martha expected the Lord just to be there instantly. Whatever he was doing, he was just to drop it and come right there. But can you imagine the worry that they had thoughts as they waited and watched Lazarus' condition worsen? Jesus, where are you? Can't you see my brother is getting worse and worse? Lord, I said for you days ago, where are you? You know, they watched Lazarus get worse and worse until the day he died. What do you think their thought was? Jesus, why didn't you come? Y'all remember when Jesus did come, Mary out to Jesus. It's kind of like she was scolding Jesus. She said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Where were you? Maybe sometimes we get like that. We want, Lord, where are you? Can't you see how bad I need you? Can't you see the situation I'm in and what I'm going through? 
Where are you, Lord? I think we've all been, you know, in that position. And, you know, it's just that uh, Mary and Martha couldn't understand why Jesus didn't answer. But Jesus had a plan, and I'm going to tell you about that in just a second. But, you know, I got to thinking as I was doing this, I kind of experienced or feel for Mary and Martha because I also experienced God's silence in my life. I can remember praying and asking God for an answer to something that I was going through. Night after night, I would faithfully pray to God. I'd read the scriptures. I'd search the scriptures for his word. But still, no answer came. And I'm sitting there wondering, God, where are you? Can't you see how desperately that I need you? And then, in God's perfect timing, God gave me an unmistakably clear answer. God's timing, God's timing is not always our timing. God sees things that we don't see. God knows things that we don't know. Sometimes God hesitates before he comes. Because God's doing something greater even than what you ask. Something better and greater than what you ask him for. You know, so why does the Lord at times, why does he remain quiet? Why is he silent? You know, silent times are often God's way of doing something, like I said, better and greater than what you even ask. God knows what you're going through. He knows what you need. Sometimes, I think God looks at us and says, how come you ask for something so small? Don't you realize how big a God I am? What I can do? Do you believe I can do it? I know what you need, and you need more than what you're asking. Why don't we ask God for what he is able to fulfill. Sometimes we, we ask too little of God. And that's kind of like we're doubting if God can even do what we're asking him. And God said, hey, I can do far more than what you've asked. Nothing is impossible for God. We have to remember this. And God cares about what you're doing. I don't care if it's a little thing. I don't care if it's a big thing. God realizes how important this thing is to you that you're asking. He knows what you need. What is your walk with God? You know, sometimes, like I said, I was going, I want to get back to Lazarus just a second. But I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. But think about the story of Lazarus. The Lord delayed his coming for a very good reason. See, Mary and Martha didn't know this. They didn't know why Jesus delayed coming, why he was so slow getting there. Because Jesus had other plans. Instead of just healing an illness, he was planning on raising Lazarus back to life. He wasn't just going to heal him, he was going to raise him back to life. And this way, he would accomplish the will of his Father and would bring God glory. You know, the raising of Lazarus for one thing convinced many of the Jewish people that Jesus 
was the Messiah. See, Jesus not only accomplished giving God glory, but he was showing the people, I am the Messiah, just like I told you. Well, he raised Lazarus back from there. Can you imagine people standing around that tomb out there? And Jesus simply said, roll back that stone. What did Martha say? Oh, Lord, we don't want to do that. Because by now, he's stinking. She didn't have the faith that Jesus could raise Lazarus back at that point. They rolled that stone back. What did Jesus do? He simply spoke the word which he can still do from heaven. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus waddled out of that tomb, still wrapped in all the, the, the wrappings. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. I think sometimes that's the things we need. To be loosed and let go. Amen. And Jesus is the one that can do it. He can loose you. He can free you. And he can let you go. But that raising of Lazarus, like I said, they just wanted Lazarus healed. But Jesus had other plans. He was going to show them the power of God. Everybody knew Lazarus was dead. They had no doubt about Lazarus being dead. And when he come forth out of that grave, can you imagine? I can, I, you know, I'm saying that to you. If I'd have been there, what would have been my thoughts? What would have been your thoughts? When you see Lazarus come walking out of that grave, living, you know, the only bad thing about it, he brought him back to life, but Lazarus was still going to have to die again. Jesus is the only one that has ever died, rose from the dead, never to die again. Everybody that Jesus rose from the dead in the Bible had to die again. That's what they're saying. Jesus was the first priest. He was the very first man to ever die, be, be risen back to life, to never die again. Do you realize by you accepting Jesus Christ, that's what's going to happen to you? You're going to die. But you're going to be raised never to die again. Wow. That's something. That's his love for us. You know, you're talking about God's silence. God's silence is always for a reason. God's silence when he is not speaking to us right away is always for a reason. Every time God's quiet, God's got a reason. And one of the reasons is, think about it, one of the reasons that he may be silent is because you're not ready to hear what he's fixing to say. Amen. <coughs> he knows that you're not going to listen. So I'll just wait. So they're ready, and then I'll speak to them. You know, are you always ready to listen to God? When you come to God in prayer, are you giving time to 
to God? Are you lingering long enough for God to speak to you? Now, God may not answer you just as soon as you pray. He may be sent. Sometimes we get in too big of a hurry. We come running to God wanting an answer right then and there. If he don't answer, well, God, all right, I guess you're and we leave. Sometimes God wants us to spend a little bit of time with him, fellowship with him before he answers us. He wants that time with us. You know, sometimes the problem is not God's silence. It's us not hearing what he says. Think about it. Sometimes God speaks, but we don't hear it. Sometimes like, 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 like in the letter, when he spoke, it was in a still, small voice. It wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in the storm. It was a still, small voice. Sometimes we have to listen. Clear your mind. Be prepared. Spend a little time and wait upon God. God wants that fellowship time with you. So we need to just be prepared to sit and wait. If you may sit in God's presence. You know, kind of, uh, in other words, God, what God said, it was the reason we need to hear it. <coughs> Why didn't we hear it? Because God said something, but we didn't want to hear it. God was telling us something that we weren't ready to hear. Oh, God, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that, Lord. We tune God out. We don't hear what he's saying. But that's not what we wanted to hear. When you come to God and ask him something, you better be prepared to hear what he wants to tell you. And some of us aren't. I'll never forget that day that he told me I'm going to put you in a pulpit. That scared me to death. I've never been in a pulpit. I never had thoughts of being in a pulpit. See, that just goes to show nothing is impossible for God. If y'all had known me before, because of what in the world is that guy doing up there? How could God use him? Sometimes I still ask God that. God, I don't know how you did it, but thank you. We have to be prepared to hear what God said. You know, a lot of times God will speak, and we'll act like we didn't hear it. You ever done that? You had an answer, but it wasn't the answer you wanted. He didn't say what you wanted to hear him say. God knows what you need. He knows what you can do. He knows your heart. And here we sit there saying, oh, I didn't hear God. I God just won't speak. He spoke but we didn't like what he said. So we just act like we didn't hear him and just go on with our life. You know, if we get so caught up in this world and all of this junk, our ears will not be keen to God's voice. 
Do you know you have to tune in? You have to get on that frequency that God has? <coughs> it's kind of like a radio. You have to get tuned in just right to pick up the station that you want to listen to. We have to tune God in. We have to get it just right to really hear God clearly. And to really hear God clearly, it starts out by really wanting all I prayed and prayed, but you know, we really didn't want to hear from God. And we was afraid of what He was going to tell us. We're just going to have to make some changes in our life. What do we do? Oh, well, you know, I really like living in this world. I really like the things I'm doing. Now, if I listen to God and I go that, I'm going to have to just make some changes in my life. God said, Yes, you are. You'll never regret it. I never have regretted coming to God and saying yes to Jesus Christ. I've never. That, I, you know, I've said it before, but that, that impressed me so much in what Billy Graham said at that time. I told you. Billy Graham said, I don't know of any man who has ever received Christ and regretted it. That is something I've never never regretted receiving Jesus Christ in my heart. If you haven't received Jesus in your heart, that's something that you need to do. And I'll guarantee you, you'll never regret it. Oh, you might be put down, you might be criticized, but I guarantee you what? You'll have more power in your life than you could ever dream when you let that Holy Spirit turn him loose in your life. so caught up in the world and some of this stuff that God could be hollering at the top of his voice and some people will not hear him. They won't hear him. Can you hear God when he speaks? Do you know it's God? We need to tune in to God's frequency and listen. What did he say? My sheep are you his sheep? He said, my sheep know my voice. It's time that we learn God's voice. God is not going to say anything to you that will contradict his word in the Bible. He will not contradict himself. But he needs you to listen. He needs you to hear we all need changes in our life. And God can do those changes. Amen. Every one of you that one time was in the world and now you're walking with God, you know what I'm talking about. You know those changes that takes place. You know what they are. And you're so grateful to God because he didn't give up on you. God had every right to give up on me. But you know he didn't. He held on to me. He will not lose what came to him. One other thing that maybe kind of blocks our prior life, and it's a big thing, and we don't think about it. What about unconfessed sin? 
sometimes unconfessed sin is blocking our communication with God. What do you say? God cannot look upon sin. Sin separates us from God. God does not hear a sinner praying for him. Oh, he's the, you know when God hears a sinner? When he comes and says, Lord, I have sinned. Forgive me. <coughs> God hears that prayer. Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 2, is backing up what I just said. Isaiah is saying, but your iniquities or your wickedness has caused a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from him. And your sins have, have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. Our sins, God, you know, when we're in sin, God cannot look upon us. He has to turn his face upon us. That's what he had to do to his own son on the cross. Jesus said, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? You ever ask God that? Lord, why have you forsaken me? Because at that moment, all the sins of the world was poured out on Jesus Christ. And God could not even look upon his own son who was dying for you and those sins. He had to turn his face from his one and only begotten son because of our sin that was put on his son. Jesus knew why God ever saved you, but I think we all know too deeply. If you have sin in your life, God can't hear you. I'm just being honest and I'm being bored. Because many people, well, if God won't hear me, I'll just leave the church. What you need to do is get closer to God. You need to get sin out of your life, walk with God, talk with God, praise God, worship God with all your heart. Get rid of the sin that you've got. And then God can and will hear you. He will answer your prayers. You know, we can't expect to hear God if we're quenching His Spirit. It's His Spirit that's living on the inside of us. If we're quenching that Spirit by doing the things in our life that God has forbidden us to do. We know what God has forbidden. We know what sin is. We know the difference between right and wrong. You know, I want you to go to my Sunday school class. You okay? We do, should, know the difference between right and wrong. God wants us to do what's right. When we do what's right, then God's blessing are poured out on us. He said, For God shall open the windows of heaven and pour blessings out on us that you cannot contain. <coughs> He'll bless us so much that we won't even have room for all. Oh, I love that. He'll 
so much that we won't even have room for all the blessings. You've got to build on to your house to hold the blessings that God wants to pour out on you. And but until we confess, until we deal with sin in our life, we will not hear anything at all from God other than his conviction. Other than his conviction. To get you to change. Yes, God's got a reason to tell us to be inside. He's got a reason to be inside. And we have a scripture in God's word that tells us what we have to do. When we have unconfessed sin in our life, or when we've sinned, we've made a mistake, we're flesh, we're human. We are going to make mistakes. But God's made a way for us. He knows that the flesh battles the spirit. The flesh wars against the spirit. The spirit wars against the flesh. You're going to decide which one's the strongest. The flesh or the spirit. You're the only one who can do that. But God has given us a scripture, and every one of you know what it is, and I've used it a number of times. 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, I'm going to add something here. If we confess our sins with our heart, that's important. That you truly mean it. Amen. We need to drink confessions. Amen. You just cannot, well, I'll just go tell God I sinned and No, you have to be sorry that you sinned, not sorry that you got caught doing it. Amen. See, that's the whole thing. Many of us saw me do it. It wasn't that you were sorry you did it, that you regretted you did it, but you got caught doing it. Yeah. Now you've got to make amends. But if you come to God and make amends without doing it with your heart, you have not accomplished one thing. You haven't accomplished nothing. You've got to come because you are truly, truly sorry for the mistake that you made and you want God to forgive you. It's in your heart. I've got to go to God. I've disappointed God. I love God. I want God in my life. And I know that what was the thing that I did that he can't look upon me. You've got to really regret that you sinned. When you get to that point, listen. If we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Do you realize Jesus himself said that? Do you realize that is a promise from Jesus Christ? If you'll come to me with your heart, I will forgive you. And when I forgive you, I'm going to take your sins and I'm going to cast them as far as the east and the west and it's never going to be remembered against you again. You know, that's pretty good. I, I, I've had some sin in my life before I came to God. I'm glad God doesn't remember it. I'm glad it's buried under the blood of Jesus. 
It'll never come up. We have to get rid of sin in our life. If we want that relationship with God, we have to be righteous. Oh, we'll never be righteous in our own self. But we have righteousness of Christ because he gave that to us when he died. He traded his righteousness to us for our sin. I think we got the best deal. You know, I think another reason that the Lord wants us to learn to distinguish his voice. Sometimes things happen in our life that God wants us to learn to distinguish his voice, to know his voice. Now, Satan will talk to you. He will say things, but you know one thing that Satan says is a lie? It says, for Satan is the father of all lies, and the truth is not in him. Satan cannot tell you the truth. He sounds pretty good at times. He kind of quotes God, but he leaves out stuff. That's why we need to get into our Bible, read our Bible, study our Bible. In Sunday school, Mike will show you the Word of God. We need to learn that word of God. Get that word down in us. If the devil or anybody, I'm the devil himself, I don't care if it's your next door neighbor who it is, if they come and tell you something that goes against God's word, walk away from them. Because it's a lie. It's of the devil. It's of the devil. God's word will not lie to you. God's word his true word will never be taken out of context. Many people take God's word out of context. Well, this is what he said. Well, they may similarly, similarly say that, but that's not exactly what he's saying. Most people can take several scriptures, put them together, and pretty well make it say anything they want it to say. You stay with the word of God. None of it taken out of context. No way you know it's not taken out of context to know what God's word says. When God is silent, what happens? We are often tempted to rely on our own solutions. Or we may go to our neighbor and ask them for their advice. But how? You know those answers are from God. The time to recognize God's voice is not at the point of your desperation. Sometimes we wait till we get so desperate in a situation before we start trying to hear God's voice. Have y'all ever done that? You've, you've held on to something? Before you went to God, you tried everything else in the world. Finally, I guess you admit to yourself, I know I've done it. Well, I've tried everything else. I guess I better go pray. Shouldn't have done that the very first time. Is go into the presence of God and ask Him what's going on in your life. God's silence 
will not be forever. In his perfect time, his answer will come. God has a perfect timing for everything that he does. We don't realize that. Most of the time, when we do something, how do we do it? Right at the spur of the moment. Don't even really think about it. Oh, that sounds good. I think I'll just do it. Most of the time, we live to regret it. Instead of going to God, God, is this something that I should do? Is this something that you would approve of? God, is this something you'd be behind? Is this something that would bless me? Would bless my family? No, we don't do that. We say, oh, that sounds pretty good. I think I'll just do it. We get in a worse, we get in a worse situation than we were before we did it. No, we have to learn God's voice and to come to Him. And if you will faithfully and patiently wait for God. See, that's our problem. Oh, that's my problem. I don't know about y'all. I don't want to wait. I want it now. I want it yesterday, really. Sometimes we have to wait because it's not God's perfect timing yet. It's not time. Sometimes God uses other people in your life to bless you. Amen. And God has to get them to come in line with what, they, what he wants them to do before he blesses you. We have to wait upon God's perfect timing. And when God's perfect timing comes, there is nothing in this world that can stop God's blessing upon you. Nothing. Right? We'll wait on God. You know, you see you have grown closer to God than what you've ever been. Stay again in his presence and when we love him. That's, that's, that's the whole point. Love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. That's the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You don't have anything else to love you. That's all he's given you. And that's what he wants. That's what he wants. He wants it back. He wants you to love him, to worship him, adore him, come to him, speak with him. Get intimate with God. That's what God wants. He is your heavenly Father, and he loves you. He don't want to see you go through pain. He don't want to see you go through heartache. But we have to fall in line with God's word. Like I said a while ago, we can't keep on doing the things that God has forbidden and think we're going to get by with it. Be sure that your sin will find you out. You're not going to get away from your sin. You're not going to hide your sin. It's something that's got to be confessed and got rid of. You can't hold on to it. You've got to get it out of your life. I'm going to finish it up right here. Wait upon the Lord. And I think you know where I'm going with it. Now I'm going to just tell you something in just a minute. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who sit and wait for God's answer to come to them will renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings of eagles. They shall run. They shall not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What did I say? 
As I was doing this, I run across this. This verse should remind the Christian that even the strongest of men can stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord and wait upon Him have strength that the world cannot offer. When we see the eagle in flight, soaring on the wind currents, we can be reminded that the God who supplies an eagle's strength will also strengthen those who call upon His name. If we wait upon Him and His time. It is often said, eagle is the mightiest of all birds. Flies higher than any other bird. He gets on those wind currents and he soars. And that's what we need. We need to get on the wind current that Jesus Christ has put under our wing and get up and soar above our problems, above all our tribulations, and above everything that's come to this us. That's what the eagle does. He soars above <coughs> Storms. You can soar above the storms. You will not accept the Lord Jesus Christ for Him in your life and walk with Him. I'm going to ask the man to come up if they will. And I'm going to call you right here. But we need to wait upon the Lord. Don't be in a hurry to come out of His presence. When you go to God in prayer, wait upon Him to speak to you. It might be a little while. Because God wants to spend time with you. He wants to put his arms around you. He wants to hold you. He wants to let you feel his presence. He wants you to know he loves you. And he cares about what you're going through. He cares. This is my friend going through a bunch of stuff right now. God cares. And I know that God's arms are wrapped around her. Comforting her. And letting her know. Hey, don't worry about it. I've got Harold back. And he does. If you're here today, and you have not answered prayer in your life, and anything I see, unconfessed sin, not weighing upon the Lord, having doubts about If you need God to answer prayer, can you come down here to the, to the altar? Can you ask God? Forgive your sins? Can you ask God to forgive me of the best sin you might have? If you invite God into your life, He would be stronger than what He's ever been. God wants to be part of you. He wants you calling upon Him because He loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whoever believes on Him should not perish, but they should have. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. Amen. That's God's work. To give up a son for you. And you give up your sin for him. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you. That you've spoken to us. You told us the things that's going on in our lives that we need to correct. You want to be a part of our life, but Lord, we're not ready. We've got sin. We don't listen to you. When we do hear you, we say, oh, no, no, that wasn't God, but I don't like that. No, God draws closer. Let us understand. 
Let us say yes when you speak to us. Lord, you know what we need. Sometimes you're slow about answering us because you want to do bigger and better things in our life. Lord, thank you so much for loving us. For the people, Lord, I ask that your hedge of protection you don't come up around them, that you just wrap your arms around this church and around all the people. Protect them from the stuff going around. Keep them safe, Lord. And just let us come to your house, love you, worship you, and serve you. Lord God, I pray these things in Jesus' name.